Hello, and welcome to the Realist You Podcast, a podcast designed for stressed out women who struggle to take care of their health and happiness. In these episodes, you'll learn all about what's blocking you from taking massive action around your personal health and wellness, and how to overcome it using mindset and emotional management. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Wood, and you guys, I have a fantastic topic, discussion, and brand new concept to bring to you today. Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's something that more or less I've been cooking up in my brain for like months now, and I am so excited to share it with you. How are you doing? Let's check in for a minute here. How you doing? I hope that this podcast, this episode, is finding you well, wherever you are, whether it's the Friday that it's coming out and you're listening to it, or it's some other random day. I hope that this is coming to you, finding you exactly when you need to hear it. So today I want to talk about this new concept, modern health. That's what I'll call it. Modern health is, in fact, the way that we live our lives. Everybody thinks that when we talk about health, it just means like your physical health, right? Maybe some people think about their mental and spiritual and emotional health, but more or less, if you talk about like, oh, I'm trying to improve my health, most people are trying to talk about their bodies. And I think that that is, at best, a very, very incomplete picture of what it means to have whole person health. And obviously, this whole idea of holistic health um, is not a new concept. This is something that has been part of the like health picture um, in ancient uh, traditions like Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, those sorts of things. If you don't know what Ayurveda is, it's the um, Indian medicine system. But like this idea of holistic health is not a new concept, but it has become so detached um, here in the Western world, especially here in North America. We've become so detached from this idea of what it means to have whole person health and not just in the sense of like, oh, yeah, I've got good mental health. Oh, yeah, I try and like, you know, go to therapy or oh, yeah, I like I do all these things to try and help my self-care. But What I want to break this down as and help you to understand is that whole person health does not just mean you are taking care of your mental health separately, your emotional health separately, your spiritual health separately, your physical health separately. It's all of those things interplaying together to make up what is your human experience. That is whole person health. And if any one of those factors are out of balance in a significant way, my wager is that you are in fact not healthy. Not healthy in the way that you're probably hoping that you are or wanting to be. Because you can have peak physical health, but your spiritual health or your emotional health might be trash. Or you may have really good emotional health and be like stable, Mr. Stable, but then your physical health might be garbage, right? And so each of those things interplays together. And if one is off, likely there are others that are off with it. So it's important to make sure that you're looking at every aspect of your health because they all affect one another. And what I want to share today is that 
taking care of my health in this way, mind, body, emotion, spirit, is truly what changed my life and allows me to not get pulled down by my own limiting beliefs. It's the thing that I help all of my clients with. When people come to me, they come because they have issues with their physical health or that's their perception is that there's something wrong with their physical health. But in fact, likely there are other factors going on. There's also issues with their mental health. There's also issues with their emotional health. So often there's also issues with their spiritual health. So we have to address all of those factors. And that's why I consider myself to be a holistic practitioner, a holistic health coach, because I really, really believe that you have to think about every aspect. And it's interesting to me because even when I went and got the education to be a nutritionist, because on the side, I am also a board certified nutritionist. It's interesting to me that when you only look at one facet, it can seem like you're not being very helpful, right? Like I could see how somebody walking into my practice, walking into, you know, get an appointment with me says, oh yeah, I've got all these issues with food. I've got these, you know, wonderings. I've been on these diets, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, sure. I could give them like a meal plan and walk away, but that only addresses one very small thing if it even addresses the actual problem at all and so then people come back and they're like oh this worked for a little bit but it didn't work forever or oh this didn't work at all or oh this is really unsustainable or oh blah 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 blah. but we're not actually looking at what caused them to get there in the first place and again the cause and the solution or the problem and the solution are not singular they are multifaceted So it's super important to make sure that when we talk about our health and trying to create whole life health for ourselves, we're not just looking in one area. We have to look at all areas. And in being able to do this work, what it's allowed me to do is see myself fully. I'll say that again. This work has allowed me to see myself fully, to understand namely my mind and my body, to see why I feel the way that I do, why I think the way that I do, why I act the way that I do on all fronts. For somebody who has taken the steps to really put this at the forefront of their lives, what has happened now is that I take consistent action towards improving my health, again, in all areas. I utilize coping techniques that actually serve me. I allow myself to sit in uncomfortable emotions and observe myself rather than trying to buffer with things like food, Netflix, straight out avoidance, TV, whatever it is. Hanging out with friends sometimes is acting like a buffer. I've seen it. I also go after all the things that I want and continuously focus on finding solutions to those problems rather than focusing on the problem itself, rather than dwelling on those problems. I do all of these things because I know who I am. I've done the work on myself, practiced grounding myself, practiced cultivating my energy, not just like my physical energy, but my emotional and spiritual energy every single day. I intentionally live my life awake and aware. 
of my mind, of my body, of my spirit, of my energy, of all facets of my being. And no, this doesn't take like, you know, all day. (laughs) It's just living moment to moment. It's being here. It's being in the present. It's having the willingness to dig deep into the way that I am living my life. What am I aware of when I do this? How do I cultivate that awareness? I'm aware of my thoughts. I'm aware of my habits, tendencies, emotions, bodily needs, energy. I choose not to ignore any of it. Because I know that all of it needs to be monitored continuously. This, to me, is the definition of mindful or intentional living. It is the definition of modern health. So what does it take to live like this? Let's talk about it. Step one, ownership. And I mean like radical ownership over everything that's in your life. The good, the bad, the ugly, even the stuff your brain so clearly wants to blame someone else for. The difference between someone who is awake and aware versus someone who is living, quote, asleep is that the person who is aware believes and understands that everything in their life is a result of the things that they created or manifested in some form or fashion. Now, when you're a child, things are happening around you and sometimes to you. But when you enter into adulthood, understanding that you create your reality is the most important thing. Why do people have a hard time believing this? Their conditioning both influences their beliefs about their own results and their ability to make different choices than the ones they've already made. Your conditioned beliefs affect your behavior. Your behavior affects your actions. Your behavior or actions are what create your results, which then become the circumstances of your life. For example, if you head off to work one day and you're sat at a red light and someone comes up from behind and rear-ends you, likely you are going to want to blame that person for the accident. But here's the thing. You have, in fact, played a role in that accident by being there. You left your house at the exact moment that you did. You took that particular route to go to work. You chose to work where you do, which then puts you on that route at that time of day to show up when you're supposed to show up, right? You had a hand in the fact that you showed up at that intersection to get rear-ended, and that was one of the many possibilities that could occur on your way to work. That possibility is there every single time you get in a car. So taking radical ownership means that you take ownership, you take responsibility for every possible outcome, even if it's ones that you're like, I wasn't even aware that that was a thing. That's okay. Taking ownership of it after the fact can be really important. And even when your brain says, I don't want to take responsibility for this. I don't want to take responsibility for this. I didn't do this. I didn't create this. This was someone else. My friends, listen. By living in the world, we have to take ownership. If you don't ever want to have to take ownership for yourself, you may as well go live in the woods and never interact with another human being. (laughs) 
because living in the world with other people requires us to take responsibility for the interactions we have in it. Super important. Radical ownership. That's step one. Step two in intentional living in modern health is taking steps to learn about how your own brain and body works. Your brain is a tool. We all have this incredible tool. But if you don't know how it does what it does, you won't be able to fix it when it's malfunctioning. And you won't know how to get the absolute most out of it. You can start with the basics. Hopefully in high school, you took a psychology 101 class, or maybe if you went to college, you did. Otherwise, there's so many resources available online. Learn about nutrition. Watch some free videos about the nervous system. Read some books. Literally all the information that you need to know is totally free and it's available on the internet. I'll be listing all of my favorite resources in the show notes of this episode. And in particular, I encourage you to go learn about concepts like neuroplasticity, brain training, conditioned behavior, the gut-brain axis connection, positive self-talk. Those are just the first things that come to my mind. Go learn about these concepts and come back and tell me that you have not been blown away by how your conditioning affects your behavior. It is fascinating. The next step is watching and observing yourself from the new lens of all this information that you've just gathered. Humans are fascinating in that we can learn something on an intellectual level, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we understand how to apply the information in our own lives. Hence, church. (laughs) If you've ever been to church, pastor's up there preaching about something. You sit there, you nod your head yes, and then you peace out of church and you're like, that doesn't apply to me. Great. Bye. Like, that's a thing. We read something, we hear something, and we don't understand how it applies to us until we experience it firsthand. So when you take these concepts that you learn about, it's important to pay attention, pay very close attention to your own thoughts and behaviors so that you can see how this stuff is playing out in your life. And I guarantee you, if you are the person who's thinking that you're somehow exempt from any of this, you are wrong. You just don't see it yet. And that's okay. Not everybody sees it or understands it the first time they hear about it. Likely, you're going to have to hear about it six ways from Sunday before your brain actually gets it, before it clicks for you. I do this with my husband all the time. I feel so bad for him. He'll tell me something and he's like, oh, I learned about this new concept, blah, blah, blah. It's really interesting. Or he'll point something out to me and I won't really think anything of it. And then six months later, I'll hear the same freaking thing from somebody else, from some other like famous influencer or whatever, and be like, honey, did you hear about this thing? I heard about this thing. It's so amazing. It's so incredible. I didn't know about this. And he's like, we had this talk like six months ago. Where were you? And I'm like, oh yeah, you, I guess you did tell me about that. I'm sorry. But I just like, I didn't get it when you said it to me or like I wrote it off or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we have to hear things multiple times in different, coming from different directions and different perspectives before we really get it. So watch and observe yourself so that you can see how these concepts are playing out in your life so that you can say, oh, wow, I'm not exempt and I really do see how this behavior wasn't helping me. When we talk about habit change, oftentimes people don't engage in the desire to change a habit unless they feel pain first. 
And they may not actually go about wanting to really, really leave behind the thing that wasn't helping them until they really, really understand that it wasn't helping them. They might be able to see it, but unless they can feel it, unless they feel it on a deep level, it's a deep knowing that this thing, whatever you've been doing, isn't helping you get where you want to go. You have to deeply understand that before you'll be able to leave it behind for good. When you do this, you'll start to connect all the dots about various things in your life, in particular around your health journey, around the way that you think about yourself, about your health, about your self-concept. Things will start to line up the more that you do this, the more that you pay attention, and the more information that you choose to go out and absorb. The next step is that once you see and understand how your behaviors likely have not been benefiting you or what things have not been benefiting you and what have, the next step is surrender. Now I will say right off the bat, this is for most people the hardest step. Letting go of not only your behaviors, but the thoughts that created them is very challenging. And here's a mind bender for you. Often those thoughts we are trying to adjust are very closely related to our concept of ourselves. And when we try to change that self-concept, it can feel like we've had the rug ripped out from underneath us. And that's because that's kind of what's happened. You are changing your self-identity. So you have to drop the old version of yourself to make room for the new version. And this, my friends, is why your brain doth protest. Your brain has spent a lifetime constructing this very intricate, very detailed story about who you are and what your world looks like. So when you try and go and change it, your brain's going to immediately say, uh, no, this thing, we know this thing, this has, this has worked well for us. This is what our life has looked like. Why are you trying to change it? Why are you trying to deconstruct my reality? But the thing is, your ego brain, that part of your brain that's saying, no, 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 we not got to stay safe. That part saying, I don't want to deconstruct here. That's the part that's keeping you stuck. You got to use your forebrain. You got to use that prefrontal cortex. That is your executive functioning. That is your CEO, baby. Use that CEO brain to be the CEO of your life. Don't let your lizard control you. It doesn't know what it wants. And then from there, once you've really and deeply and truly surrendered whatever it is that you're ready to let go of, it's time to rebuild. That's step five. Rebuild and implement the new thoughts and behaviors with the expectation of both imperfection and failure. This is just how it is. You're gonna be imperfect. You're gonna fail. It's like anything else. You are learning to be a new version of you. And the first time you do anything, it's not going to be perfect. You're probably going to mess it up. It's okay. Because this is a journey. This is a marathon. It is not a sprint. You don't have to be this self-realized perfect person right now. You get as many chances as you are willing to give yourself to figure it out. And even then, there is no, in my opinion, there is no such thing as like figuring it out and being done. This is a lifelong thing. You are an evolving creature. Your brain is constantly changing. 
And you can either lean into that constant change and learn to optimize your life for that. Or you can allow your brain to run amok and just do whatever it wants. It's kind of like the idea of a garden. You have this garden and you as the gardener can either cultivate and utilize that patch of ground to produce a yield that is so bountiful and so beautiful but it takes awareness. It takes intention. It takes conscious effort on your part. It takes work. Or you can live unconsciously and just let the weeds grow like crazy. And for shizzle, you will have a very full, quote, garden. But it's going to be overgrown. It's going to be messy. And it's going to be intense to look at. And so maybe you don't want to look at it because it's so intense, right? There's stuff bursting out of the seams in that garden. There's weeds everywhere. And when you do like venture to even look at it, you're like, oh man, this is so overgrown. I can't even deal with it. And that's what happens when you spend a lifetime being unconscious with your thoughts and behaviors. Your garden gets super overgrown and you're like, I'm super overwhelmed just even trying to think about changing this at all. What's the point in even trying to pick one weed? There's a thousand of them. And I get that. Trust me. But cultivating your garden starts with pulling that first weed and then the next one and then the next one and the next one. So this is why step six is repeat steps one through five. (laughs) You got to go back, die to yourself over and over and over and over again. And this process, while not sexy, is what allows you to become the master of your health and your mind. And I want to clarify that when I say, quote, master of your health, I'm not saying that knowing what's happening with yourself, with your brain, exempts you from getting things like cancer or getting food poisoning. Certainly not. But what it does do is, number one, it helps you to dodge the unavoidable things, dodge the overgrown garden. And number two, it can help you learn to better adapt and be faster at adapting when those things do come up. It's like you got the weed killer in your hands and you're like ready to go. That shit pops up and you're like, spraying it, down it goes. Ain't nothing coming in here up in my garden. And granted, like I said, there may be things in life that are unavoidable that come up. But you will have the awareness of self to be able to make sure that the, gar- that the rest of your garden around this other big thing that comes up doesn't get out of control, doesn't get neglected, right? A great example is one of my clients that I love deeply. I had her recite her health journey to me from the beginning up to the point where she met me and how she's progressed in our work together. And it was incredible to hear her story, you guys. What happened to her was fairly typical, actually, but her perseverance is what's incredible. She, like so many other women, gained weight through her adult years, but didn't know how it happened. At the time, she's like, I didn't know what was happening, right? She said, looking back, that she fully understood what was going on, but at the time, it felt like a complete mystery to her. So she started seeking out solutions, like anyone would. She tried doing it on her own. She tried a variety of diet programs, would lose steam, and then start again when she built up the effort or the courage. She even watched other friends of hers be successful in improving their health and thought to herself, 
man, they can do it. Why can't I? I should be able to do this. So she kept seeking out solutions, sometimes with large gaps of time between attempts. But each time she was learning what was working and what wasn't. Eventually, she came across me. She sought me out and decided to try again. And what she discovered in all of her failed attempts was that most of her issue was actually with her mindset. And now she's in a position where after working on her mindset, she's making deliberate, well-thought-out changes from a space of love and compassion for herself. It's truly incredible to witness. It's learning and understanding that the approach that I had at the beginning was vastly different than the approach that I have now. And even as she goes forward in her journey, she will continue to transform and change. She will continue to know and better understand herself. But she wouldn't be where she is if she wasn't persistent. If she wasn't willing to go through the pain, to go through the fire, to get to someplace better because she knew that it was there. She believed that it was possible. She was like, I can see, again, all these other people are able to do it. Why can't I? But because she's held on to that belief, that's what helped her to reach out to me. That's what helped her to get coached. That is what is helping her to change her life actively right now. And it is so freaking beautiful. Like it makes me want to cry thinking about it. This woman has tenacity and she is an absolute phoenix. You've heard of the mythical phoenix creatures that die by fire and rise anew from the ashes, yeah? Makes me think of like Harry Potter. What I want you to know is that you are the phoenix and the journey to finding true health, true whole life health, true modern health is exactly like a metaphorical death and rebirth. It's a transformation. But if you're not willing to go deep and move through the process, move through the potential pain or discomfort, you'll just keep recreating versions of the past over and over and over again. And the crazy cool part is about all of this, the more willing you are to die to yourself, die to yourself's concept again and again and again and say, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. But I'm willing to keep going. I'm willing to keep trying. And every time you try something new, every time you make adjustments, that is you dying and rebirthing, dying and rebirthing, dying and rebirthing. And sometimes it feels super dramatic. But then the more that you do it, the more that you refine your process, the less dramatic it is, the easier it becomes. I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's that whole idea of you become this brand new student of yourself. And then you go through that phase, those different, those four different phases of learning the unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. So it feels really hard or really dramatic when you're trying to make those first steps because you have no idea what the boop you're doing, right? It's hard. But then you step into that conscious incompetence that you know that you don't know, right? feels slightly easier. You're more open to the idea that you're like, yep, I have no clue what I'm doing and I'm okay with it. It's cool. We're going to keep plowing. Then you move into that phase of the conscious competence where you know that you know some things. Yeah, you're doing good. You're like, yeah, starting to get the hang of this. It's starting to feel a little easier. I'm getting it. Then you move into that phase of unconscious competence where you know it so well that you don't even have to think about it, right? 
when you're going through this phase or this period or this journey of learning about yourself, when you start to do this work around your health, around all aspects of your health, it might feel really freaking uncomfortable because you've been asleep to yourself for so long. But that is literally expected and it is a necessary part of the path. It's that really big lurch at the beginning to get the car rolling, right? It's like a car. I mean, there's so many metaphors for this. Gosh, like thinking of a car ignition. You need the most gas. You need a big old flood of gas to get the fire lit, right? And then you can coast on fumes. <laughs> so many different metaphors for this. I don't know what to say. But really, like you have to go through this process, obviously, of like discomfort and maybe pain in order for you to be able to actually continue on this path and become the master of yourself and of your health. It's everything. Even one of my like favorite, favorite, I tell people this all the time. One more metaphor, I promise. And if you're not a fan of Harry Potter, then you can like skip forward a minute or two. Or if you are, then you can listen and absolutely fall in love with this metaphor. So Harry Potter, in the seventh book or movie, whichever is your preference, in the seventh book, he gets called into the dark forest to face Voldemort because Voldemort has threatened to kill him. And Harry knows that he has to die. He realizes that in order for everyone else to be saved, he has to die. At least that's what he thinks. He has to die in order for everyone else to be saved because there is no way for Voldemort to die without Harry dying also. So Harry willingly walks into the forest to face death. He knows that's what's going to happen. And he stands there in front of Voldemort and allows Voldemort to kill him for the sake of everyone else. And then what happens? He doesn't die. The part of him that dies is the part that needed to be released in order for him to be reborn. It's so glorious. So again, if you know Harry Potter, it's because he had to go into the forest to die because Voldemort was the only one that could kill the like little piece of Voldemort, the horcrux of Voldemort that was residing within Harry. And then once that was killed, Harry was go free to go like kill Voldemort, win the day, save everybody, live happily ever after. Right. Yeah. That's how it happens. You're no different. You're Harry Potter. You get to go walk into that forest, super vulnerable, prepared for pain, prepared for discomfort, prepared for self-concept death so that you can be reborn clean again. You could even relate it to the birth of Jesus ah, if you're religious, whatever. But it's that same idea. It's the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is called the hero's journey for a reason. It's because it's this thread that is throughout human existence over and over and over again. That's why stories are written after it. That's why we resonate with it so deeply. That's why it feels like it's so personal when we hear these stories. It's because it is personal. We have experienced it. And when you go about trying to change your life, to improve your health as the basis, as the foundation for which you go out into the world and live, holy hell, you guys, like this is what gets me on fire. Because if you can do that, you can do anything. You can change the world. You can change your family situation. You can be the person that you never believed that you could be. Purely because you're willing to start believing that it's possible and then you take action on it and see what happens. And you keep taking action, keep taking action, keep taking action with intention. The intention has to be there. The willingness to be 
vulnerable, has to be there. All of it does. I'm sorry if this sounds messy, but man, I am just on fire about it. I hope that this resonates deeply with you. And I want you to know that whatever transformation that you want for yourself, it is available to you right now. The moment that you decide that it is, that's it. All you have to do is decide. And hey, even today, you may not be ready to make that decision yet. That's okay. But when you do, that's the only difference. That's the only thing that's going to shift in your brain from the moment that you decide to do the thing, the moment that you decide to be vulnerable, the moment that you decide the transformation is worth it to you, the moment that you decide that you can no longer sit in the type of discomfort that you've been sitting in. It's just a decision. And so that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm here to help with. That's what I help all my clients do is discover what modern health is for them. I really am like in love with this concept. Again, I think that health has been so limited to the physical aspects and it really has been like segmented out as mental health being something separate, as emotional health being something separate, as spiritual health being something that's separate. But really all of those things amalgamate together into what is your human life experience. And if we're trying to get the most out of it, then it makes sense to see it all as one. Your life is your health. Your health is your life. It's so beautiful and it's so incredible. And that's what I love to help people with. With that being said, I'm so excited because becoming you My online women's only group program is totally killing it. The women in that group are killing it. It's so much fun. We have in our VIP membership group, we have twice monthly coaching calls. And the next one is coming up this coming Monday. I'm super excited. But every single one of the women in that group, they show up for themselves every single week. And yes, small changes. But again, it aggregates into these big things over time. The realizations that they're having, they share with me. It's so beautiful to see when they're just like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it like this. Oh my gosh, I never thought that I could, you know, exercise in this way. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that my ability to exercise was completely tied to my kids being able to have, you know, childcare, or at least that's what I thought, you know, all these sorts of things. And then for my one-on-one clients, It's amazing the transformation work that they go through, like the example that I gave earlier. It's just truly, truly humbling to be able to witness these people go through such incredible transformations, mind, body, and spirit. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching, I have spaces available right now. All you have to do is head to www.realestrealesthealth.com slash contact. And you'll be able to send me an inquiry form or you can just book a consultation right there. I would love to chat with you and get to know you and learn how I can help you. If you're interested in joining Becoming You, all you have to do is head to the link in the description. Or if you follow me on Instagram, realist underscore Rach, you can find the link in my bio there. Or you can go to www.realisthealth.com and click on work with me, tap programs, and you will get there. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm just Rachel Wood. I am so thankful for every single one of you. 
every single one of you. And for those people that are thinking about reaching out, whenever you decide to is the right time for you. But I'll just leave you with this. If you decide that you need to wait, your results, the thing that you want, will also be waiting. It will be waiting as long as you decide, as long as you take to decide that it's what you want, that it's what you need, that it's what you really, really care to go for. So if you don't want to wait for those results, don't wait. Go after it today. Let's chat. I'd love to see what I can help you with. I hope you have a fantastic day wherever you are, whatever it is that you're doing. I love you so, so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.